Total HIPAA Compliance prepares health insurance agents and employers that offer health benefits plans meet the HIPAA compliance requirements. We complete the required documents and provide customized online HIPAA training through our HIPAA Prime service. Today's podcast covers issues important for employers who sponsor a health benefits plan. Jason Karn, Total HIPAA's Chief Compliance Officer, interviews David C. Smith, nationally recognized as a health and welfare's benefits compliance expert. Today's podcast is titled, What Should an Employer Do If a Business Associate or Subcontractor Causes a Breach? Let's say you have a breach. What is? I mean, what are the steps? What are things you would recommend of a a group or a, a you know of an agent or somebody like that when they have a breach? I think the first thing that they have to do is really before they start calling everybody and their brother to come help them, they really need to make sure they lock down what information's out there and preserve the record, and then. In the midst of trying to get the response and getting maybe other people around to help them with that response, be very mindful of the, and I, and I use this word in, in the same kind of way that you use it in criminal settings, the, where the interest or the sensitivities of the apparent victim have to be given some deference. And, you know, it is one of those things where it's tempting to say, all right, we have a breach and these five employees had their information accidentally disclosed. Mm -hmm. And so now we found out about this because one of those five employees told us about it. And then we realized it was a problem. Mm -hmm. So then I spend the next five to ten days trying to find somebody to help me do the breach response, to do all the formalities that I need to follow. Mm-hmm. And in that five to 10 days, I say nothing to that employee. Right. Well, now what you've done is you've taken that employee who, by the way, because they pointed it out to you, was already a little sensitive to this. Mm-hmm. And now that you've done nothing for five to 10 days mm-hmm. is really super paranoid. Right. And... I think it's one of those areas where, you know, as I've said to people, if something bad happens, call. Mm -hmm. But make sure before you call that you've, number one, kind of saved the record. And number two, assured the affected party that you take this seriously and that you're going to figure out what caused this and then take appropriate action to protect that person. Because again, you want to keep them from being the person in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. You want to keep them from being the person who spreads fear among the other 300 employees who mm-hmm. aren't impacted by this. Right. And so, you know, it's kind of a little first step that I think people have to be uh, really, really careful about. Mm-hmm. And then I'd say from there, it really is a matter of finding the right vendor. And, and I think the vendor issue is not really about, you know, you go out and you Google it and you start saying, you know, who can help me with a breach in Google? Right. It is, you know, understanding the nature of the breach mm-hmm. and then kind of trying to take appropriate action. Right. You know, depending on your size and your visibility, um, a proper breach reaction might not only be about the technicalities 
right. and the you know very specific compliance pieces, but it can also be about you know PR and how you do that, mm-hmm. and so you've also got to kind of figure out the scope of it. Right. I had a situation a couple of years ago with where an email had been sent in the clear that had two social security numbers in it, mm-hmm. and you know the recipient was not happy about it. And, you know, in the three hours it took for me to be made aware of it and to even begin to understand what exactly had happened, that three-hour time frame was enough to cause that recipient to really get worked up and to really start to create some major problems. Right. It, It highlighted to me the earlier point about kind of acknowledging it we take it seriously, we're doing an investigation, we'll let you know what we're doing to protect you. Right. But it also emphasized that the kind of language that you use with that is also very important. Mm-hmm. You know, I found a lot, of, a lot of people have tended to use their IT people for their HIPAA security officer, mm-hmm. which sounds great, except for a lot of those people don't have exactly very high levels of interpersonal communication skills. Right. The way in which you respond becomes even more important mm-hmm. because if you know it's an IT guy and, and, and he says that well it, it wasn't that serious of a breach it was only this information and you know this is a relatively small issue then all of a sudden you're you're minimizing it right and, and that's a part of the reason why I think there also has to be a bit of that PR edge to the conversation right. you know I really admired what uh, anthem not because of what happened to Anthem or the circumstances behind it, but Anthem's message consistently was that they were the victims of, you know, a criminal act. Right. And, you know, it was this, you know, it was the immediate transference of the, of the criminality of the breach. Mm-hmm. And I do think that as you think about those breaches that you've really got to almost stop and say, what if it were me? Right. From there... Following the technicalities is like trying to find a good auto mechanic. Right. You want to make sure the person knows what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. And you almost kind of want to see, well, you know, give me some of your communication pieces. Tell right. me what you're going to do and what it's going to cost me. Right. And, and this is a scenario where I would say, depending on the size of the breach, if it's less than 500 people, you're not talking about something where you're just open-ended charging by the hour. It's a, here's the fee, here's what it's going to cost. And then you kind of turn it over to them and they go with it. Okay. And I will say that for the most part, the formalities of it, the, the notification to HHS, depending on the size of the number of people who are impacted, the ability to really articulate and draw out what happened and why, mm-hmm. the ability to turn around and communicate that well to the people impacted. Um, a lot of those things are, you know, paint by numbers, but you got to be really smart about the paint. Right. And, you know, it's, that communication that goes to that person needs to be very, you know, in the right tone of voice. But, you know, we've tended to overwhelmingly suggest to folks that, you know, go ahead, spend $100 and buy this person an identity theft product for 12 to 24 months. So that then they know that they've got some level of protection. Mm -hmm. Um, And for a lot of employers, it's just a simple step to take that is actually creates kind of a comfort level for people. Right. It starts with seeing the issue, protecting the record, mm-hmm. acknowledging it, and then 
literally getting in there and, and doing good communication work. It's not a technical compliance issue that much. It isn't like you've got to pull some high-end report to demonstrate exactly where all the problems were. Right. For most employers, most agencies, it's just a matter of, well, this is what happened and it's a screw-up. Right. And you know, the thumb drive, the lost uh, hard drive, all those things become you know, right. the explanation about why something stupid happened. There is sometimes a disposition among lawyers to say, don't ever apologize. Right. And actually, I think that's reckless. Mm -hmm. I think for, for most of your issues, if you stop and say, you know, this is the mistake that was made, and, and we're sorry for how this affected you. Yeah. You know, again, did I say it was my fault? Right. No, no, no. I said, okay. I'm sorry for how this affected right. you. And so what they hear is just simply the acknowledgement mm -hmm. and the fact that you're taking it seriously. Right. You know, when you humanize the whole piece, mm -hmm. it's easy to sit there and say that ABC big box retailer had, you know, 250,000 credit card transactions stolen and those credit card numbers are now in the hands of some hackers in Russia right. or wherever. And saying, well, we had 250,000 customers of ours whose information was stolen off of our servers. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it, it makes us angry that someone would do that and jeopardize the precious relationship that we have with our customers. And we're doing everything that we can to get to the bottom of this and to protect our customers. Right. Two totally different levels of communication. Because again, when you say 250,000 transactions versus we have 250,000 of our customers right. who are impacted. Mm -hmm. and, and again, people forget that a lot of privacy mm -hmm. is about people's sensitivities. Mm -hmm. And you can't always predict their sensitivities. Right. And so by simply stopping and again, we've said this three or four times, the lowest common denominator, assume that they're super paranoid and say, we're doing all these things to protect you. Because every once in a while, it's okay to say, we really only have to do this, but we're taking this extra step because we want to protect you. Right. It actually changes the disposition that people have towards what happened.